Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Plant Powered People podcast with your hosts, Michelle Kane and Tony Okamoto. I remember when I first became vegan, my family had a really hard time with it because our culture is very deeply rooted in Mexican food. And to share love and to communicate to each other is often through food. So when I first decided to become vegan, they were like, what? I don't understand. You don't love me. And they took it really personally. And so something that Michelle and I have known we wanted to cover on this podcast is what it's like to be deeply rooted into your cultural food and want to become plant-based and start making those moves toward toward a plant-based lifestyle. Yeah, and Tony has shown how all of her Mexican cultural food can be veganized beautifully and deliciously. You can find that at her website, plantbased on a budget.com. But we wanted to focus on some other cultures as well. And so today we're focusing on Filipino food and we're bringing on an incredible, inspiring human being named Maria. Maria found us through Instagram. She just shot us a message and that shows we are listening to you. If you ever mm-hmm. have any suggestions or feedback on our podcast, let us know. Uh, but she reached out to us through Instagram and she said that She wanted to share her experience of being a Filipino woman who is deeply rooted in her cultural foods and has totally become plant-based in her 60s. She's in her 60s. And so we wanted to share her experience with you and hopefully she guides you as she has guided herself. Enjoy. Hi, Maria. How are you? I'm fine. And yourself? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for coming on to the show. We're so excited to have you. Something that Michelle and I have been wanting to talk about is what it's like for someone to be totally immersed in their cultural foods and to grow up eating it and to live their lives just as a as it being a part of your identity. And that's what it's like for you. So can you talk about what it was like growing up with uh, Filipino food and how how you learn to cook with that type of food? Um, I was born and raised in the Philippines in the 60s. So I would probably have to credit this cooking inspirations from my family. Um, it's my family members that they love to cook, they love to eat, they love to dance. And um, we always have food on the table. And um, I remember growing up that my dad would make sure that we have a complete meal, which means that each um, meal uh, would consist of uh, some kind of a soup, two or three main dishes, and then a dessert. And then on top of that, we'll have in-between snacks that we call merienda. So I was part of that because my family... Especially my sister, um, who introduced me to the love of cooking. She was so instrumental and inspired me to really take in a deeper understanding of what food it is back home there. Because the traditional Filipino food really is hearty. It's meaty and it's so time-consuming. And um, the way we do it is that we do it in an old-fashioned way where there's no recipes, no measurements. You know, you just have to cook it with your sense of taste, with flavors, and um, a lot of the diversities of vegetables and other poultries and meats. 
So I think that's part of it with the family growing up where there's a lot of food. We, I remember going back, you know, going back to my childhood that my sister would always ask me, Maria, you have to go with me to the market. It's called Palenque back home. It's a, um, a type of a farmer's market like here in, in the U.S. And um, she would ask me to, you know, make a list of all the ingredients and ask me to make a recipe for the whole week. And uh, she, wow, yes, she was the one who taught me like, I was so interested right away that I wanted to cook right away. But she said, no, no, no. You just stand up here. I'll make sure that you know how to chop each vegetable and this is how you chop it. Uh, <laughs> I would be setting up. How old were you at this point? And how much older was your sister than you? I think I was probably like eight or nine. I was really, because my family... Both my, my, especially on my dad's side, they love to eat. They love to feed. I remember, <laughs> yes, I remember like every month my late aunt would ask us to invite at her house. And it's so crammed and it's so small that she really doesn't care. Like, come on, I'll, I'll feed you. I'll cook. And she has the, she's really a good cook. So... It was a feast, and I don't see it that way when I was growing up. I just loved to eat because I'm surrounded with good food. And But it was my late sister who passed away in 2013 that made it instrumental for me, as well as my brother who loves to cook. He's also a good cook. And my father who loves to eat, but he knows what a good food should taste like. <laughs> And, uh, oh, I'm sorry for the loss. Of, I'm sorry for the loss of your sister. Uh, what are some types of Filipino foods that she taught you to cook? A lot, a lot. I mean, is that you could name a lot from the main dishes, from desserts, from anything. She she knows how to cook, and the thing is that she, she doesn't have a recipe, and I think that's what makes it so unique. Because yeah, it, that is amazing. Yeah, like, I can't even imagine learning to cook without a recipe. Yes, no measurement. She would just look at it. So that's why I kind of like learn is because I'm, at an early age, she didn't ask me to like, hey, plunge in, you know, dive in right away, and this is how you cook. No, she started to me like gradually, you know, look and observe, and then she tried my first dish that. Oh my gosh, she's like, oh no, this is no, there's luck of salt here, luck in there and here and there. So I got so frustrated <laughs> because how can I get this right? <laughs> and finally, when she had the trust, then I started cooking for, for her and myself because I didn't grow up with a mom. My mom died when she was giving birth to me. Oh my gosh, yeah, so, I'm so sorry. I can't even imagine. Yeah, so it was my sister who really took the role of being a sister and a mom. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it reminds me of like learning pretty much any skill, but it 
brought my mind back to learning how to type on a keyboard, how they'd always say, you have to have your fingers in these positions. And I would just be like, it's so much faster if I can just type how I want to type. But years down the line, then you realize like you can type so with with your eyes closed if you just like learn learn the steps the way that uh, that it's taught to you. And so few people do that with cooking. Like so many people who we have on this podcast say that growing up in their household, they really didn't eat good food. They didn't really enjoy or love the food. It was kind of like TV dinner style. Mm-hmm. And like they, most of the people we have on weren't surrounded by cooking and a love for homemade food. So that's why we think it's so beautiful and amazing that that you got that experience growing up. And can you, can you elaborate on what it, uh, how integrated food is to Filipino culture? I think culturally and traditionally, because Philippines, we were under influence. We were influenced by so many countries like Chat, you know, the Japanese occupation, the Spanish colonization and the Americans. It, it, it's a melting pot of so many dishes that Ge- geographically speaking, is you know we're like seven thousand one hundred islands, so there's a lot of farming, a lot of fishing, so there's a lot of diversity just involved with with our culture and our traditions. And uh, part of it, as I said, is the family. You know, even now. Um, Family is part of the Filipino tradition. You know, it's it's, it's just like you, you you hear people like they're all grown ups, but they're still living with their with their parents, and um, mm-hmm. and and every now and then the the parents make sure that every Sunday they would have a meetup with their relatives and family members just to eat and enjoy and dance. And sing because <laughs> they love to sing. Oh, that is beautiful. So um, it's part of it. It's so in integral part of what our culture is: food and you know, just be happy with one another. Something that I talk about, or I have talked about on the podcast, is how you know I'm Mexican and. Mexican people also have a very strong connection to their cultural foods. Uh, But more than that, it's how my family shares and shows love. My grandma would come uh, after church, people would come over and have a big meal on Sundays. And that would be the time I spent with my cousins. and, And that's how my grandma would show us that she loved us. Is that similar in your culture? Yes. As I've said before, it's like growing up, we would have to have like a you know, a, a monthly meetup with my late aunt just to make sure that, you know, she'll prepare the best uh, cagareta, the best adobo, the best pancit, because she's proud of it, because she knows that she knows how to cook and people will love it. And um, we don't mind, I don't mind, but sometimes I said, oh, we have, we still have to go there. We just went last month. So it's part of us. And, um, I don't think that will never change at all. Even now, it's just part of us. So I I love, I love the way it is now because it's it's something that's priceless and something that you can pass on to the next generation. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think it's so beautiful that you're probably learning your mom's cooking through your sister, right? Yes. Like she probably learned from your mom and then she's teaching you. So you you got to carry on um, your mom's cooking, which is really a special thing. Yes, it is. That's how it started is because I, you know, my sister and then my late aunt and then my brother who also wants, you know, who also loves to cook and he can cook. You know, I remember him doing the old-fashioned ham, you, you, the ham that you have to cook in a big bowl of hot water, and you have to put spices, you know, oregano, bay, and then you have to cook it for like half a day. So it, it was it was really fun knowing that I was able to experience that. Yeah. So you said that your sister wanted you to learn how to cook by taste like she did, not not by recipe. So at what point did you kind of change from feeling totally overwhelmed and lost and like you you make something and your sister's like, that's not good. What, when did you feel like you started to get your groove? Um, I think when she started telling me that my food was okay and it was good. <laughs> and then when I started, um, when I started cooking, on the weekends, because Saturday and Sunday is our market day. And then, um, you know, she, she would ask me to go to the market with her and buy the freshest because we had the recipe for the whole week. So that's how I know that I can, you know, I'm doing a good job is because she would let me cook. And then she'll just stay away and then I'll ask, you know, is it okay now? And then she'll say, yes, it's fine. It's good now. <laughs> so that, that gives me the confidence. Oh, okay. I think I can, uh, I, I can trust my, uh, sense of, uh, my own flavoring now. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So you de- really developed like what a chef would have in terms of an intuitive knowledge of food and spices and flavorings, which probably really helped you out today. Um, so fast forward, closer to now where you're an adult, you're no longer a kid. You've been cooking for decades. You have kids of your own. Um, take us, take us to that point a little bit. Um, (laughs) the thing is that since I've already kind of know how the love of cooking is instilled in me. So it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be is because I grew up like mixing meats, different meats and different vegetables. So when I became vegan, I just have to kind of like experiment a little bit of what I can substitute to a certain meat or to a certain savoring that I need to come up, something that will taste like an authentic Filipino dish. Right. So before we go there, tell us how did you how did you become vegan? Because you have all this history, the food that you'd been eating is so close to your heart. Personally, you, you find, you finally figured out how to like cook the way that everyone loves it. How did you find plant-based food? And then, yeah, what was that, that transition like? Uh, It was really hard for me because I grew up eating the traditional hearty, meaty Filipino dish, but it was my daughter who became vegan in June 2017. And then right after that, um, her boyfriend, a six-month 
after six months, her boyfriend became vegan. And then at the same time, it was my son. And then my husband and I became vegan just a year ago. So what? Wow. So your daughter and your daughter inspired all of you to be vegan? No. The whole family. No, he didn't. She didn't force us. She, it just kind of like, um, inspired. It, it was hard because she loves my cooking. And when she became vegan, she would be coming to, our, to my house and she wouldn't eat. So it was hard for me to accept that. And I said, um, can you eat this? No, I can't because, you know, it's, there's cross, cross contamination and all that. And I said, it's going to be a struggle for you. And, and at that time, my son became vegan. So he was cooking his own food. And then just my husband and I, and we were both looking in and said, um, it, maybe there's something because I, my family had a history of problems as well because my, my mother died of preeclampsia with a complication of congestive heart failure. And I have a history of high blood pressure as well and high cholesterol. So when my daughter introduced me to this, it was gradually. It wasn't like, hey, mom, this is good for you. But it was for my health for my own personal health reasons too, as well and as for my well-being, that I kind of like got scared is because up to a point where I have, I have to wake up with a sinusitis and a lot of headache and I was not, no energy at all. And then um, I said, and my, my skin wasn't as clear at my age. So, um, so she said, well, why don't you try little by little? And so she kind of like introduced me to this garden and Beyond Meat and all those products. So um, I I tried it and then I said to myself, oh, I've, I've, my taste bud had, had changed, my skin got cleared. And little by little, all the things that I've been feeling was gone. So I said to myself, wow. wow, I said, this is amazing. So both of my husband went full vegan last year, 100%, like at all, like no dairy, no nothing, just home cooking style. And if we have to eat outside, you know, it's it's those kind of uh, eateries that are good. So that's how I was I was introduced because I know for a fact that it helped me. It helped me improve my 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 well being and my health. And so with my husband as well. So with how you have grown up with food and the the way you've been taught to have that connection and to show love, when your daughter said, Hey, I can't eat your food anymore because I'm I'm eating plant-based and your food isn't plant-based. Did that hurt your feelings or did you take it personal at all? Or did you understand and accommodate? No, not at all. It's because I know, of course, I have some hesitations because I know that I I grew up having those traditional Filipino food, but I have to look back. And I remember also at the time that she had asked me to watch some documentary, like 
the one in Netflix, the food, uh, the ports and knives and what the hell, and the other one, those, oh, I forgot the name. Cowspiracy? Yes. <laughs> yeah, forks over knives, what the hell, Cowspiracy. Yeah, so... Um, I was watching, but just glimpses because I wasn't really interested. But there was one segment where I literally was like kind of like throwing up at, you know, just a glimpse of it where they showed a pork where there's a pus, <laughs> a pus in the, yeah. a pus in the mm-hmm. pork. And I said, wow, I said, are you sure that they're selling that in the market without even labeling or what do you do after that? And and it dawned on me that I don't want to be eating that. So that was the, that was the like kind of like a finishing touch for me to like, Oh no, 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 I can't do this. I can't really, I can't really do that. I, I, I don't know if I get the food, even though if it's a, uh, you know, a, a, a a specialty store where you get your food and all that organic. You don't know that because it's a behind the scene. So that that was the final straw for me to really change and transition and change my lifestyle. Yeah, that is that's um that'll do it. <laughs> I think it's really awesome that you say that your husband joined you on that adventure. We hear from so many people who go plant based and like when you're partnered with someone in life, yes, you want them to support your decisions, but not always will they jump in it with you. What was kind of your husband's response to you going plant-based? And at what point did he decide to join you on that adventure? Um, For him, it, it's not really a big thing for him because I'm the one cooking. So what's going to happen if yeah, I totally. have to cook my vegan food? And he has to buy, I told him you have to buy outside. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, but but he's he's you know he's he's been active. He's proactive, and um, he likes vegetables. And actually, before you know, before we began vegan, we make sure that we have a lot of vegetables. So it wasn't a big, you know, a drastic change for us because I tried to um, incorporate a lot of the fish before and chicken and less meat. So it wasn't hard for him at all and for me as well. Has has he experienced any of the same uh, positive health impacts? Yes. Um, for me, as I've said, my, my skin got seared. My taste bud just changed. Like if I have to cook, a, you know, a certain food, I could taste, the distinct flavors of each, like, you know, bitter melon before I used to say, oh, it's bitter. But now if you taste a bitter melon, it's, you know, there's a tinge of like sweetness into it. So my taste bud change and for him as well. And we are more, we got more energy and I lost weight. <laughs> I lost like that, almost like 20 pounds, but it's not a. It's not all happy and you know easy. On my, I remember on my third week, um, just changing my lifestyle. I almost like quit. Like I had this Trader Joe's uh, organic free range that I left in my fridge. That one, that one item, because I, I told to myself, 
if I can't do it, at least I have one that I can cook right away. <laughs> so I was staring, I was staring at my freezer and said, do I, do I need to go through this or can I just drop this? But I was looking at myself, you know, what can happen to you? You know, you've, you've lost weight. What more can you ask for? And, and I said to him, and I'm not going to be a, I'm not going to quit. I'm not a quitter. I told myself. <laughs> so I, I went through the process and all that. And lo and behold, I'm still, I'm still here. <laughs> very cool. You mentioned before the call that you are very active in the Filipino community. Can, can you talk about how, how that has been? Have your friends been on board? Have they been supportive? Um, I always have friends, right? And I have friends that are non-vegan. So what makes me kind of like saying that I think I'm doing a good job is because I can tell that my food doesn't have any difference at all because I, every time I have a test recipe testing, I let them <laughs> test it and taste it and um, they love it. So I know that, you know, I'm doing a good job. And um, most of the time, too, is um, I would help other, my, my family friend who had some problems with um, with diabetes and all that. So she he can't have any, um, a lot of sugar. So when I um, brought some lecheflan to him, and it's egg, it's vegan, so he liked it, and um, it, it's a lesser sugar. So every time I see him, that's what I've been bringing to him. And then um, at the same time, too, if I have time, then I would kind of like bring some vegan food for them that I have cooked and uh, buy them some produce that, you know, gradually introduce them. So the last time I heard from them, it's like they're they're shying away from eating meat so I think now they're like just eating like two or two times in a week of, of meat so that's that's a that's a sign that you know you're trying to uh, give them the awareness that it's you know eating plant-based and um, uh, it's good for them and they're they're at their 70s I guess 80s right now so it's been a help. And uh, that's awesome. And also, um, the food empowerment um, had asked me to give them some recipes. So I'm I'm on that right now. <laughs> that's amazing. Like, not only did you uh, go plant based and figure out how to cook your own food, but now you're kind of helping inspire that wave among other people, your daughter and your son must be so proud of you. <laughs> um, I hope so. I hope so. I can, you know, I can only do so much. We can only do so much. And uh, um, you just have to do what you have to do sometimes. And uh, let, you know, let and be uh, share whatever you have, whatever stories you have, whatever journey you have. So I was kind of hesitant to do this talk. But um, I said to myself, well, this is probably the first step for me to um, share my story and my journey. And at the same time, too, especially for Filipinos, like um, it's harder for them, 
it's harder for a Filipino to, um, you know, change their lifestyle because they're used to it. So, um, well. yeah, <laughs> that's why that's why it's so important to bring your voice onto the show because so many there are there are, yes Filipino culture, but there are a lot of cultures where food is such a huge, huge part. And we want to let people know that you can you can still have your cultural foods and still be plant-based. And there are a lot of resources like yours, and we'll, we'll actually talk about your Instagram in a second, but I wanted to bring up another point, which is uh, Michelle and I were just talking about what it's like to feel a little bit of discomfort, but to want to share the positives of plant-based eating. So for us, that would be giving a talk in person or going to networking events where we're a little bit introverted. And so very introverted. <laughs> so for us to go out in in public and communicate with people is sometimes nerve-wracking and intimidating. And uh, but we like you, we we Just want yes. We want to spread the message and we put ourselves in the uncomfortable space because ultimately it'll help someone. And so we are, we're, we're super grateful that you ended up coming on the show despite well, thank you having so much. some reservations. Thank you so much. And it's my pleasure, of course. So you have an Instagram and Michelle and I were blown away when we looked at it and it only started not that long ago. Can you talk us? Can you talk us through how you started the Instagram and what it's about? Um, my Instagram name is Vegan Cooking Mom. And what started it was, I think uh, my first, if I can remember, my first post was uh, late September, I think, of last year. It was my first post. It was my, it was a flan, I think. And, uh, be, but before that, my, my, well, my daughter would be coming, so we were already vegan. So my daughter would, would come and say, um, I want to eat this, Mom. Uh, can you try this? Can you veganize this? You know, you used to do, you, you used to um, cook this for me in a traditional Filipino way. Can you veganize this? So here I am trying to figure it out, been veganizing all this food. And then all of a sudden it dawned on her, I said, Mom. I said, why don't you have your own Instagram? I said, what? I said, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. I'm too old. I don't know how. I'm not techie at all. I don't know how the social media would would be good for me. How will it work for me? It was her who really kind of like pushed me to that platform where she taught me how to uh, take pictures, how to do the plating how to do the hashtags. <laughs> so that's how it started. And then um, it, it just came naturally where I would be, I would be cooking because I cook every day. I don't want... I'm the type of person that... Because I grew up, especially with my father before that, he if he can... If we can avoid not having the same food the next day, so we I grew up eating and cooking every day, so that's how I feel. So every day I would be cooking, and he would, and my my daughter would say, "Okay, um, 
you cook me this one. So it will turn out good, <laughs> and then it will be colorful. So I would take a picture of it, and that's how it started. My posts just keep on going and going and going. <laughs> That's awesome. I Can you talk to us a little bit about what your experience was as you started trying to veganize those favorite foods? Um, uh, yeah, was it was it a struggle? Did you start making food again and, and giving it to your daughter and have her say, ew, mom, that's disgusting? Or what, did it come pretty naturally to you? Where did you find mock meats to use? Like, tell us all of the things. <laughs> um, it wasn't as hard. Um, it wasn't as hard as because I know how it should taste, but the hardest part was substituting, you know, finding the right meat or finding the right substitution for like a meat or an egg or, and a lot of exper- experimentations like, you know, main dish are, are easier because you can add right away. You can taste right away how it should taste, but like for some other desserts, you know, you have to have experimentations and trials and all that. So, but for me, it wasn't as hard. I I believe because the I have I have my daughter who would be truthful enough to say to me, "Oh, mom, you know, it didn't turn out good," or "Let's make it again," or um, maybe we could we could. Uh, because we're a tandem, my 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 daughter and I were a tandem duo. Uh, we tried to make sure that it, it would it would taste the, the authentic traditional Filipino dish. So, so what have you, what are some of your favorite dishes that you have veganized, and what are your some of your favorite um, vegan items that you've used to to veganize them? Um, my favorite one is the lechifan because it took me a long time to do that. Uh, it's the fan, it's the custard one. And then, uh, kare-kare. I like my kare-kare. Um, the lumpia Shanghai. And what are, can you explain what types of ingredients go into those? I, I'm not. Very oh. familiar. I've had lumpia, but I've, I'm not very familiar with Filipino food. Oh, the, the karakara is like a peanut stew. And then um, um, the, the flan is a coconut-based recipe. And then um, what else? The, the, the lumpia shanghai is a, it's a, it's a soy product. And uh, sometimes you could... Use beyond meat if you want to. So there's a lot of things that you can mix and match when you try to do those uh, kinds of food. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, there's a there was a little. I think how many years ago? Five years ago? Ten years ago? When I was in the Bay Area, there was a restaurant called No Worries. Yeah. A vegan Filipino restaurant. Yeah, and so they opened up an actual restaurant, and then they switched to having a food truck, which I think is still around, and they're. Their food was amazing. And it was actually, I had never had Filipino food before ever, vegan or not. Um, But as soon as I went there, I was like craving lumpia all the time. And I was just like, this is so amazing. Like it's so, it's so, so, so delicious. So once you find the way, it can really, really be so yummy. Um, You should come over. (laughs) Come over now. Yes. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh, we would love that so much. So not only did you find ways to veganize your favorite dishes and and start an Instagram to be sharing that with the world and influence all your friends and, influence all your friends and be cooking for friends and all of these things, but you also started slash are starting to cook publicly for people and have like pop-ups, right? I did. Our first pop-up was uh, last year of December. It was at the Vegan Republic in Berkeley. Um, We just did it like for fun, maybe just to kind of like, you know, just to showcase that there's Filipino Filipino vegan food out there. But um, the outpouring support was was tremendous that um, people love it. And, uh, you know, until now, they're just asking us when is our next pop-up, but we're trying to figure out you know, some test recipes still. Um, so that's how it translates ta- now. Can you tell us what the process was like? Did you just get the idea and think, I need to do a pop-up. I need to find a space. And and if that was how it went, how did you go about finding somewhere that would let you sell food at their establishment? Vegan Republic's a specialty store in Berkeley. So that's, I think that's the only specialty store here in the Bay Area. So we went there just realizing and said, oh, um, I said to my, I said to my daughter, let's go there and find out what they have. Because it's a specialty store. We might find something that, you know, like something that we can use in our own dish. And then the store manager, um, I introduced myself and then my daughter and I showed them our Instagram and uh, and he found out that we're Filipinos and you know we were asking like oh um are you selling this and then he kind of like mentioned that they're doing pops pop-ups and I, and I my daughter and I were looking and then he kind of like kind of like give us a hint that, well, why did you make a pop-up? Because you're, you know, that's something unique um, that you're offering some vegan Filipino dishes. So we look at each other and then my daughter said, well, well, let's think about it. We'll call you. (laughs) So that's how it Mm -hmm. starts. (laughs) That's amazing. I think a lot of people who are home cooks and and just very passionate about cooking for their friends and family never think about the fact that uh, you don't have to be a chef or own a restaurant or have that be your career in order to bring the good food to the public and to the people through things like pop-ups. That is so, so cool. And I love that the response was so positive. I'm curious, um, did you find a lot of people from the vegan community were coming out hungry for vegan options or curious to try vegan options or people like me who are not Filipino, but are like, this food is so delicious. I just want to eat it all. Um, I've been been getting some good feedback from them that they like the food that we're offering and um, that kind of like their kind words like inspires me and, you know, just kind of give, gives joy to me. And that that's how I want to try and continue this because it's just an inspiration for me to, you know, to know that they like our food and you, a lot of them would, 
private message me and say, you know, they're asking when is their next pop-up or they went to our first pop-up and they couldn't, can't wait to have another one because they're waiting for, for, for the good food again. And, um, a lot of them would have the same, um, description that it, it, it tastes like authentic. So I am really overwhelmed with that, with those kind of words that I <laughs> that I hear from them. And I, you know, that makes me go. It's nice that people have been so supportive. And I wanted to echo what Michelle said, which is uh, neither she nor I are trained as chefs, but we have lots of recipes on our blogs. And for a while, me personally, I felt like, oh, I'm, I'm not a chef. I... I don't have the experience. I didn't go to school to teach people how to eat, but it, it, those kind words that people send. So even if someone is listening and they are inspired by their favorite Instagrammer or YouTuber, uh, a nice message in a sea of sometimes not so nice messages is very meaningful to the content creator. So I'm glad that you're experiencing that kindness online. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experience. We're inspired by you. I think that that is great that you've been able to take your cultural foods and turn them plant-based. And not only that, but bring the entire plant-based concept to your community. That That is amazing. Well, thank you so much for having me. And um, it's an inspiration for you as well to have this kind of a platform where you can, you know, share and tell your story uh, to the community and, um, you know, just have the support system that you need to to move on. You know, if, if um, those listeners, you know, they, they can do it. If I can do it at my age, they can do it. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it's out there. Uh, just reach out and uh, people like you, you as, I, as I just said, you don't have to be a professionally trained chef to do what you, you know, what you love to do, which is cooking and eating at the same time. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like you're going to have a cookbook one day and I can't wait to go buy that. Well, and try I don't my know. First as, I've said, <laughs> as I said, I don't know how to do the measurements. <laughs> That's the thing. Well, I think it's so inspiring for people to be able to see models of, um, like you, of people who felt like this is not possible for me, that I am so ingrained in, in my family's ways and for you to show not only is it possible, but it's fun and delicious and inspiring so many people around you. So thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. And we're, we're, again, we're, we're grateful that you came on the show and we'll make sure to include all of your links in the show notes. Thank you so much again, Tony and Michelle. Thank you. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing from Maria about her experience veganizing her cultural Filipino food. I know Tony and I both uh, very much enjoyed it and also are craving some lumpia right now. (laughs) So be sure to check out more from Maria. We'll include all her links to her Instagram and beyond over in the show notes at plantpoweredpodcast.com. And speaking of Instagram, if you want to connect with Michelle and myself, you can find Michelle at vegan, just the at symbol, vegan. Mm -hmm. And then me, Tony, at plant-based on a budget. 
Yep. And we post every single day, foodie photos and more. And as you heard in the beginning, that is how we found this week's podcast guest. So we would very much love to connect there. Also, if you want to support this show, we would so, so, so appreciate it. You can do so over on Patreon, patreon.com slash plant powered people. Um, And that's where you can make a monthly donation to support our work. It can be as little as a dollar a month and it really does help us keep this podcast going. It's a labor of love and we're committed to sticking with it. But uh, we, yes, invest a lot of our time and energy and And money money into it without really getting that back. So we (laughs) so appreciate your support. And we do hope this is valuable to you. We, We do love doing it and we are happy to pay out of pocket to bring this to the community. But support is always welcome. Yeah, it really does warm our hearts. Thank you guys so much for listening. Can't wait to talk to you in the next episode. If you haven't subscribed already, be sure to do that wherever you listen to podcasts and we will sign out. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.